Hi, my name's Rob Scott from UC Today and welcome to another Microsoft Teams monthly news special. So today I'm joined by Tom Abathnot, UC Solutions Architect, Microsoft MVP and Microsoft Certified Master. How are you, Tom? I'm good. Easy for you to say, Rob. I know. It's a bit of a problem just now. It gets a week. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to shorten it down. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, it's been a been a crazy week last week with, with Ignite and work, so lots going on. But yeah, all good. What about you? Well, I'm still uh, drowned in Microsoft Teams Ignite news. Uh, there's just so much of it. And uh, today we're going to try and round that up in, what, 20 minutes or so? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be fast paced. We'll try and keep the pace up. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely fine over here at the UC Today headquarters. But um, yeah, it's all good. Um, OK, Tom, so uh, Microsoft Ignite just happened. Uh, it was all virtual this year. Very strange, I imagine, for the Microsoft Teams or Microsoft community. Um, yeah, it really is. Like, like, like we, I, we, I definitely miss the the in-person nature of it. Trying to like commit the time to the event while you're not in there is 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 tough, and missing the community stuff a little bit. They did a good job of doing lots of table talks and virtual stuff, but uh, yeah, I think I was working out it was the first time in about eleven years that I haven't been over for some kind of show or event or something. So uh, definitely missing it a little bit, but lots of good content still. Absolutely, and despite being virtual, they did a grand effort in terms of making it engaging didn't they uh, even yeah like loads of table talks which worked really really well which were just teams meetings nothing special uh, a few community speakers and just an open engaged kind of workshop that gave some of the community vibe back to it definitely yeah good stuff okay so let's jump into it uh lots and lots of news um you've uh, nicely consolidated uh, you know a, a number of big ones into a top 10 so do you want to start there give us uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, so there's always loads of news. I mean, it's across the whole Microsoft stack. So it's M365, it's Azure. Teams is obviously throwing lots of features out, but they also re-announce a bunch of stuff. So for like our audience who stay on top of it, this is the top 10 of actual new news, I think. Uh, and number one for me is Microsoft Teams meetings recordings are now going to be stored on OneDrive and SharePoint. Um, so previously they were stored in Microsoft Stream and that's like corporate YouTube but it's very hard to directly share with external people out of stream. It's very hard to get uh, kind of advanced analytics or retention policies or anything else because it was like a separate platform. Yeah. So now the recordings will just go into SharePoint or OneDrive. We get all the benefits of the SharePoint APIs, the control, the audits, the retention, the sharing, um, and no real big change for the users as in they can still go and grab the recordings, but now they can just share them much easier. Great, so the sharing is a big one. And does it have an impact on compliance? Uh, you mentioned it briefly there. Yeah, really big. Yeah, because so if you thought about it before, they were pushing out to another platform, which was a video platform, like a YouTube type thing. It just didn't have the same level of maturity of things like retention policies or reporting or who owns what, whereas SharePoint has that you know top to bottom and has for years it's a, it's a clever strategy to just say well at SharePoint the better platform for these files stick them in there got it what's next okay number two is custom meeting layouts so we had a lot of announcements earlier in the year for like the together mode and the fancy kind of green screen stuff um this is slightly different this is now presenters controlling the layout for attendees and one of the cool things is they're doing that kind of green screen overlay over content so you can present powerpoint and have the cutout of you overlaid on the powerpoint which i think is super engaging when you're presenting content you want to see the person and the content so i'm really looking forward to that one 
Yeah, it's really cool. And I saw that um, I was on a video that's being presented at UC Expo um, as a keynote uh, from Microsoft Teams. And it, it's um, it's pretty impressive. I like it. Really like it. Yeah, I think it's genuinely like together mode. I'm a little bit jury's out on it. Like it, lots of people love it. But having a person over PowerPoint, I think it's really powerful. Yeah, it's quite cool. Okay, what's number three? Number three is Teams meeting recaps. Um, so again, this is bringing some of the promise of Teams has been forever. Is like everything's in one place. What they're now doing is auto generating a meeting recap. So it takes the recording, any chat, any files posted, any transcription, puts them all in one place after the meeting, and that'll be linkable from the Outlook invite and in Teams. So if you miss a meeting, you can hit that link afterwards, skim the files, skim the transcription, hit the recording if you want. If the idea is just a all-in-one-place recap of that meeting. That's a great feature, isn't it? That, that's a really cool feature because not everyone turns up to meetings. Yeah, and I, I can see that getting more and more powerful over time. I mean, this is Rev1, but if you think about as they start overlaying AI, you could see how they could be like, these were actions that was called out, or these were the people that spoke the most in the meeting, or, you know, this is when XYZ person was mentioned. Like, it's only going to get better and better, I think. Yeah, indeed. Mm, interesting. What's next? Cool. Number four is webinar registration and reporting. I didn't see this one coming. Um, so... Teams is a great meetings platform, but it's clearly mainly enterprise focused. You don't see many people doing proper scale external webinars on it, like lots of community events. But if you need the details of registration and sharing URLs for meetings for people externally and all that kind of stuff, like a go-to meeting or something has those features. Um, but now Microsoft are baking those in. Um, and so it'll do things like automatic emails out to people invited to the meeting and an audit log afterwards of who attended, how long they attended for, that kind of thing. Wow. So that's not to be, on, I suppose, underplayed. That's a, a pretty big move for Microsoft then. Yeah, exactly. It got buried in the announcements as like another feature being thrown in, but it is uh, competitive against those platforms that try and push for that. And obviously, Zoom has a good story there. The third-party platforms have a good story there. Um, it will be all bundled in. So again, a potential value add for lots of customers. Yeah, really interesting. Great. Okay, what's number five? Okay, number five uh, is improved calling app. So um, this is when Microsoft talk about features in Teams, they talk about them as apps, even their own native features. So they're just working to improve the telephony calling experience. And it's nothing huge, but just streamlining the contacts view, voicemail, device information, all on one page. Uh, I called it out because it's telephony still seems to get a bit lost in Teams, but clearly Microsoft are focusing on trying to make that a really good experience as well as all the collab. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, it's not going away, um, but uh, it, it's quite a crucial part of the whole kind of stack, isn't it? So great. Definitely. Great. Okay, number six. Number six. So this could have tied, really, for, for one of the most interesting announcements. This is survivable branch appliances for Teams, uh, which is a bit of a mouthful. But what it means is a box that sits on site that provides resilient telephony if the internet, WAN, or team service goes down. So lots of customers need to commit to high availability for telephony, but might not have like really good internet or reliable internet. Um, this was really common in Link and Skype. Like I've deployed loads of these back in the day, um, but I didn't think it would come for a cloud service. I mean, we've had some tap information and stuff early, so um, we knew it was coming, but it's really interesting to have a local survivability box for a cloud service. 
Oh, it almost sounds like Microsoft Teams on-premise uh, kind of there's a box now in the portfolio. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah it, it will definitely be mispitched as that a little bit. It is just telephony. So um, there's an offline mode for Teams where you can see your content and you'll be able to make calls. And they're trying to push in making local VoIP calls as well when you're not disconnected from Teams. So, for example, if you have a 400-user site, you want your internal telephony to keep going if you lose your internet connectivity, um, but it won't be messaging, it won't be meetings. It's it's very much a point solution to keep your telephony going. So in in, in my world, from a, a UC telephony point of view, I, it almost sounds like a, a yeah. Microsoft Teams gateway essentially with some survivability. Yeah, it's it's Cisco SRST, but for Teams basically, like like you can lose your connectivity to the, the main brain and, and carry on with your basic telephony. So um, you might have regulations like you know you need to have constant telephony up because of fire regs or to keep connectivity to the site or whatever. The site has to shut down; it's got no telephony. This meets that requirement. Um, but we see this less and less in projects now because if you just if you're like a knowledge worker and you just have telephony, you can't really work very well anymore without. Teams or Outlook or Internet or Salesforce or all your line of business apps. So, um, but clearly, when you've got 75 million plus active users, there's enough of a market there to warrant your audio codes and your ribbon building these boxes with Microsoft. Yeah, and essentially, there is that safety element to this. Yeah, that's quite a nice solution for for sites where they they they, they need that kind of peace of mind. Yeah, that's the big one. It's like 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 you're doing any kind of industrial work, or you you know you require that resiliency. Then that box is there. Great stuff. Okay, what is number seven? Uh, so number seven, we're moving into device information. So Microsoft had two types of Teams devices. They had collab bars, which are the Android units, and Microsoft Teams rooms. Um, and so I think someone in marketing has decided that that was a bit confusing. So now they're rebranding them as Microsoft Teams Rooms for Android and Microsoft Teams Rooms for Windows. And not only rebranding them, but bringing them to this feature parity as much as they can. Okay. Um, there's always going to be a few differences because the Windows boxes have a Intel CPU, higher horsepower, more inputs and outputs, that kind of thing. Um, but the Android units will get very, very close. So things like 1080p video, dual screens, all the proximity join, all the kind of stuff you know from Teams rooms will be similar or the same on the Android units. Great, so it's more of a, a branding cosmetic thing than, than anything else. Yeah, I mean, it is a commitment more to the Android platform. So it felt like Android was a dabble with collab bars, okay. like people keep wanting it, here it is. Whereas now they're saying, as these features appear, you could genuinely go like, Android is your default experience for lots more meeting rooms. Um, and I think that's, again, market demand is people like the, lower manageability kind of overhead of just having an Android unit that runs and, and patches itself rather than having Windows, even though the pitch is Windows is easy, like Android is arguably easier, basically. Great stuff. What is number eight? Yeah, so another uh, interesting push into a new market, Microsoft Teams panels. Um, so these are not panels as in screens, but panels as in the small iPad-like devices you see stuck outside of meeting rooms that show green for available, red for not, show the list of meetings, you can reserve a room, that kind of thing. Um, so Microsoft are making a first-party push into that market as well, which is interesting. Um, Crestron Yealink will be the first to have kit available, probably others to follow. 
Um, but there is, again, some pretty big vendors that own that space. So it'll be interesting to see the, the push into that space. So Microsoft will provide the software UI, user interface. The, yep. the third party hardware vendors working with Microsoft should yeah, exactly. Exactly like the Microsoft meeting rooms or anything else. Microsoft alone, the software and the updates and the vendors will do the, the hardware. And as far as those management platforms, they typically are a third party management platform that manages the rooms and, and connects with Exchange, whereas this will obviously just be native because it's Microsoft. So it will use Exchange as the system to know what the room is, if it's busy or free. Um, and it ties into the team story because it's meeting rooms, basically. Yeah, and we, we can't be surprised at that because that is a consistent approach, I suppose, to, you know, working with the hardware vendors, you know, with a, you know, a, a user interface, user experience that's, that's consistent across the board. Exactly. And, and you're seeing competitors in the market kind of pitch themselves as the one-stop shop meeting room. And this is one of the things you need for a meeting room. So, yeah, again, ticking that box. Great stuff. All righty. And then number nine. Good, we're doing well, good to see. So customer managed uh, encryption keys. So this is one that I'm pretty sure it was Cisco made a really big deal out of this a while ago, kind of bring your own key to collaboration. Um, Microsoft have always had this ability in Office 365 where you bring your own encryption key and they will extra encrypt your data with your key. And it's not really to do with like keeping Microsoft out of your data. It's really about, there are lots of reg requirements in certain verticals where you have to own the key. It's customer key controlled. And, and if you exit the service, you need to force destroy your data and prove it's been cryptographically destroyed. So with your key. Yeah. Um, but this didn't support things like Teams chat. So it supported the content which was on SharePoint, but not the actual chat messages in Teams. So um, I think this is end of year preview next year GA, but you had to bring your own key and encrypt the team data, the chat data with that key, basically. Yet another layer of security for our collaboration platforms by the sounds of things. Great stuff. Okay, so number nine. Uh, number 10, I think we're on. Um, number 10. already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this was, um, like, this summarizes a few different things, but Microsoft are adding workplace insights into Teams directly. So managers can see how their team are working in terms of how engaged they are, what time they're working, like, with the aim of kind of like they're working out of hours a lot, maybe you need to pull them back a little bit or they need some support, something like that. And this was a big theme for the event as well. It was lots of like, everybody's remote now. We need to look at mental health and managing time and not over committing at home. So, um, but it's really useful stuff actually to understand how people are using these platforms and if they're getting the most out of them, if they need help and support, that kind of thing. Great. So many good updates there. And there, there are lots more, but we're going to jump through th uh, three more. Um, the next one that we were going to talk about, Tom, today was the new Skype for Business server uh, that's coming through very soon as a subscription. Tell us more. Yes. Yeah. So this was another piece of Ignite news, again, kind of buried because server isn't the fashionable thing for Microsoft at the moment, but they committed there will be a Skype server 2022. Um, don't expect any new features. It's just going to be a supportability rev, really. Um, what was interesting is they dropped in that it's only going to be on subscription. So, you, so previous server versions, you could buy them outright and buy software assurance. This will be strictly subscription-based pricing to be announced. And they're doing the same thing for Exchange and SharePoint. So even if you're committing to being on-prem for personal or legal reasons or whatever you want to be, fine. You're supported for, for 
quite a long time now. Um, but you won't get the cloud features. You'll just get what you always had. Um, but you will have to move to a subscription, which is the way Microsoft are aligning the whole business now. Interesting. And I take it that's com comparable pricing, or does it would it ultimately cost you more because you're moving on? Yeah. I'd, Good, good question. The server pricing went up a few years ago, only by like 5% or something. It definitely won't go down, but I don't imagine it going up. It's more to support the customers that are on that path for whatever reason. Microsoft would 100% like to get you off that and onto the cloud, yeah. um, but there are very big companies that have very big reasons to stay there that they need to support. Great, great. And we're, we're almost there, but there's one uh, I'd like to cover, this Cisco Cloud Video Interop piece that you blogged about recently. Tell us more about that one. Yeah, again, this announced just before Ignite, um, not a major big deal made of it at Ignite, but last year, so literally a year ago, we got this big commitment from Cisco that they were going to do video interop with Microsoft and Cisco endpoints could join Teams meetings and Teams endpoints could join Cisco meetings. And we saw the meeting join stuff earlier in the year, but this is completing that picture and Cisco will now have a cloud video interop, which basically means a giant cloud service to allow their standard endpoints to join a Teams meeting. So you can have a SIP-based uh, Cisco endpoint and click a button and jump through to a Teams meeting. Wow. Wow, they, they truly are under the covers together now then, aren't they? So uh, are there, you know, is it likely that there's something else to do there or do you, is that it? You said it completed the picture. You know, we're fully interrupt now. Yeah, there's always a few little gotchas about being on current versions of different bits and pieces, but it's as close as it's ever been. So your Cisco voice gateways, can work with Teams now, your, your Cubes, your Cisco Room systems, if they're up to date and you've got Cloud Video Interop, can go through to the Teams meetings and your Microsoft Teams rooms can click and join a WebEx meeting. So, um, they, they, yeah, there's always gotchas on little version things, but by and large, if you're current on both platforms, you have a good experience. You, you'd never strategically go Cisco for Rooms and teams for everything else. Like it doesn't make sense. It's always better to be first party on both sides, but the reality of joining each other's meetings for different orgs means that there's, there's a decent experience there. Yeah, that certainly is great news for uh, the troubled IT leaders that are wondering which way to go. So, great. Definitely. In terms of um, the last bit of news, we, we said we'd talk about the Azure communication services piece. Uh, tell us more about that one. Yeah, so this was, again, huge announcement, more on the kind of Azure side, but this is called Azure Communication Service, and essentially it boils down to the back end of Teams, but containerized for you to develop on top of. So if you think about all the intelligence that's gone into the Teams audio video platform, the MCUs, the cloud services, if you've got your own app, your SAP or Salesforce or whatever, and you want to bring video or VoIP into your app directly natively, you can do that and leverage this as your communication service. So kind of Twilio-esque um, kind of compete scenario. Um, and what will happen is there'll be some ability to natively join sessions of the Azure communication service from Teams. So potentially you could build your own platform to do like, video consultations or whatever it may be that's completely proprietary to you, but also have the option for Teams clients to join that session. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? Really interesting move from Cis uh, from Microsoft, <laughs> almost said Cisco there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a big one. Sorry. Uh, it, 
it's a big one it's a whole new market so and and azure is really there above all else big competitive play they want people on that um but it's interesting to see a uc player open up their platform to be like 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 in theory you could build a direct teams competitor on their platform and the azure team sort of don't care because they're like well it's azure compute we'll take it however you want to take it um but in reality it allows some really good extensibility of things that work nicely with teams but are built kind of with proprietary front ends so consultation is the obvious one that comes to mind we do a a doctor patient consultation service where it's all customized for the end patient but on the back end it's teams for the doctor it's that kind of experience that your communication services will make a lot easier yeah smart move from microsoft because i I mentioned it before i was reading a a recent business insider uh article and it was talking about the companies that microsoft might might acquire if they were to acquire some more tech firms which ones would they acquire yeah and twilio was on the list and i'm thinking wow you know twilio the biggest cpas provider in the world um, and actually, you know, a few days later, Microsoft uh, announced their own CPaaS proposition. So it's uh, interesting times, but I don't think Twilio are going to get that knock on the door anytime soon by the looks of things. No, no, it's one of those ones, again, buy or build. And like, well, they've already built, you know, arguably the biggest UC platform in terms of active users. So why not leverage that and, and offer it as a platform? Mm. Well, Tom, so much news coming out of Microsoft Ignite from last week. Uh, thank you so much for talking to us again. There's, I know there's loads more on your blog. There's loads on UC Today as well, covering the Ignite uh, event. Um, but I think that's it from us. Uh, yeah, we, we kept it around 20, 25 minutes. That's not bad considering how much news there was. So, um, yeah, people have got questions or feedback. You know where we are. And as you say, that I've, I've detailed all the lesser announcements on the blog as well, the kind of recaps and renews. But those are definitely the big ones, I think. Absolutely. Thanks for that, Tom. And if you've enjoyed today's session, please do give us a, a like or a share on social media or hit that subscribe button. It's always really appreciated. But we'll be back again next month uh, with another Microsoft Teams news update.